This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 93, your three-step guide to be more yourself. Have you ever been told, it'll be fine, just be yourself, and then wondered, what does that really even mean anymore or look like in your life? As if you had lost sight of who you were at some point or you became disconnected from that person. For today's episode, it's just me. I'm taking the spotlight again, and this is what we'll talk about. How to be more yourself. You can check my other solo episodes. There was number 87, Five Reasons Why You Procrastinate. Number 77, Setting Goals and Moving Forward. And there was number 73, Yoga, Chronic Pain, and Mental Health. So coming back to our subject of today, there's a section on my website, and I'll put the link in the show note if you want to go and use it, where you can tell me what you struggle with, what you need support with, or help around. And I've decided to use that as inspiration to create these solo episodes and other content on the blog and in videos in the membership section. So since the last episode, I've received a few requests, including this one that inspired today's episode. The listener said that they struggle with being fully themselves. So I thought this was a very important challenge to address, and I'll come back to why in a moment. But in the meantime, I also thought that it's something that I have dealt with in my life. And so I could talk about it from my own experience very comfortably and easily. Another challenge, just to give you an idea, I addressed recently was finding the motivation to step on the mat regularly. So I wrote a blog post about this called, How do I stay motivated to show up on the mat when I practice alone or with a video? Which was, quote unquote, the person's question. So uh, you'll find that link in the show notes as well. Now, before we get to today's episode, I have a few reminders. First, I am leading a yoga retreat in Mexico next November. So if you're craving to immerse yourself in yoga, nature, and community again, or if you're looking to feel renewed and reenliven, this is your chance to hit the beach and the reset button. You'll find all the info for that at ericabelander.com or link in the show notes again. There'll be so many things for you there. In parallel, I have launched a GoFundMe campaign because yoga retreats have been so pivotal in my own personal growth and my own journey that I've been wanting to give back, but I know they're not affordable and so not accessible to everybody. So I'm raising money while investing alongside the communities. I'm matching donations to create a space where people can experience the yoga retreat even if they wouldn't be able to participate otherwise. So if you are able to donate anything, you can transform someone's life. And if you are in need, you can apply for the scholarship. Either way, I would really love if you would share about it with the people you love, your circles, or in social media. It's really a simple way that you can directly impact someone else's life in a positive way. So I'll put all the links for that in the show note. One link for you to donate, even something as low as $5, uh, a link for you to apply for the scholarship, and a link for you to just share the GoFundMe campaign. Last thing I wanted to say is that we recently moved our membership platform on the podcast here from Patreon to With Ribbon. So to now get access to all your premium content, you have to go to withribbon.com slash you slash Erica Belanger. 
And of course, you'll find a link for that in the show notes as well. And on top of the podcast premium content, we now offer a full video library of yoga classes in a Netflix style membership. All right, let's get to today's episode. Hey guys, welcome. So why are we talking about being ourselves, or why do I think that this is an important challenge for us to address? Well, like I said in the intro, it's something I have struggled with. So I know firsthand the consequences that that might have in your life when you're not fully yourself. And I have learned a lot over the years on how to address it, how to move more closer to who you truly are. So I'm packing up in this episode everything I've learned over the years that has been you know, successful or helpful in my journey so you don't have to figure it out alone and take years to do it by trial and error. I believe that much of our stress, angst, and frustration is caused by being disconnected from who we are, by being out of alignment with who we are, with what we need, with what we want. So with that belief in mind, in that case, I also believe that being true to yourself, right, the opposite, is one of the most direct ways we can find more happiness, more fulfillment, and we can experience more successes in our lives. So let's say you're in a committed relationship. Amongst other things, you probably want to feel seen and understood by your partner, like you matter to them and like they love you. But if you're not showing up as yourself, how can they do that? It will be impossible for you to feel that because they will not be seeing who you are because you're showing them a pretend version of who you are. So you might assume that they will read your mind or read between the lines of what you say and figure it out on their own, but you're setting them and you're setting yourself up for failure, for heartbreak, or at the very least for dissatisfaction in your couple's life. So what happened? Why did we stop at some point being true to ourselves? How does this happen? Well, there's many possibilities. I'm going to talk about two today. The first one is that we disconnected from ourselves after a trauma. And trauma can seem like a really big word, but I recently heard this definition by Catherine Woodward Thomas. She's an author and speaker. And I love the definition because it made it so much more common and so much more accessible in a way for people that feel like maybe they haven't had this huge trauma in their life, but some things have happened that have shifted their personality. So she defines trauma this way. She says, something that happens outside of your psyche's ability to comprehend it and integrate it. So if you think about this for a second, it's anything that you have trouble understanding and that if you find yourself like your mind is obsessively thinking about something that happened to you, it's really trying to make sense of it, right? So that event was probably traumatic for you. So it could be a breakup. And from the outside, you might think, well, that's not trauma. You know, I was not hit by a car. I was not sexually abused or the things that we often relate to the idea of trauma. 
But in fact, if you're obsessively thinking about what happened and why it happened and how it happened, and you can't make sense of the situation and you have all these waves of emotions that you can't understand very well, probably in some way it was traumatic for you. So just keeping that in mind. So without getting too deep into how we deal with trauma, because that is a really big subject on its own, just know that sometimes trauma asks us to create like a new version of ourselves to survive, to be okay in the moment. So that's a way that you might have learned to disconnect from yourself and taken on traits that were not you so you felt more safe the other option that i want to talk about is a loss of ourselves in childhood which is very 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 common and happens kind of gradually so we might not notice it but from a pretty young age we are pulled off track by very well-intentioned family members and by our education system, right? They want to protect us from pain. And so they ask us to fit in a box or fit in in a way that they probably have learned or they think that to some extent fitting in will help you get more happiness or a sense of belonging at the very least. And that being accepted in that way will make you feel love. But if you're showing up in a way that is not authentic to you to be accepted, then deep down inside, you probably feel like you're not being accepted or you would not be accepted for who you are or that version of who you are is not okay and not welcomed. So that creates, you know, issues. So perhaps, you know, you were told to be quiet many times when in fact you had a lot of energy and a lot of things to say or maybe your curiosity was crushed with too many too many because it's the way it is or because I said so for me one really clear example in my life is that I was told again and again that I was too sensitive and I was you know made fun of for crying or things like that so I started to deny my feelings and numb at a very young age So when it came to, or came time to voicing my fears or my worries or asking for something I needed or disagreeing with someone, I grew afraid to be judged, to be rejected for how I truly felt. So I learned as a personality trait to pretend that everything was great all the time. And I tried to become this over easygoing girl. And the more quote-unquote easygoing I became, the more I tried to people please. And the more I tried to people please, the more I disconnected from myself, from what I wanted, from what I needed, because it was safer to make other people feel like everything was okay for me than to show them that maybe I was struggling in a way or that I needed something different. So that works until it doesn't, right? And at some point, not only does it doesn't because everything you're getting in life is not what you want, (laughs) but also that idea of people pleasing, well, we'll come back to that because it's a big subject on its own, but it's really an important piece in the puzzle because you're putting people before yourself all the time. So with behaviors like this over time, I think what happens is that we lose our trust in ourselves and we start to prioritize looking outside of ourselves, not only for direction, but yes, for being told what we're supposed to do, 
but also for validation all the time, to being told that what we're doing is okay, and for love. And that's where people pleasing come in, you know? You're so used to making other people happy that that's the way you feel like you give love and you receive love when they appreciate what you do for them. So that can be a pattern that it's not super healthy. And as we do that, we get in the habit of putting other people's first. I think that's one of the ways that we lose touch. We stop asking ourselves what we need, what we want, and we ask it so little that we don't even start to notice it anymore. And you might have found yourself a moment in your life where people asked you what you needed or what you wanted, and you were like, I don't know anymore. Like, I haven't taken the time to do stuff that I love in so long that... I don't even know what, like, what would I go do now if my partners or my kids or whoever I have around me was not there? Like, I, I forgot, I forgot these things. So we lose ourselves. Now that we've talked a little bit about what it means to lose ourselves and why this might have happened, the next question is how do we reconnect to ourselves? How do we find ourselves again? And that's probably why you're here. <laughs> so you were probably waiting for this. And it's the question that I've received on my website, right? How can I be more myself? It's not why or how did that happen, but I think it's important to have a little bit of a background just before we get into the how we do it. I see it as a three-step process, but like everything I teach, it's not like a magic pill, right? It's not a one-time deal. Like you do step one, two, three, and you're done. It's a journey. And I could tell you that through that journey, I am today more myself than I have ever been, but there's still some strength in those old patterns and those old tendencies that might creep up once in a while, but that's okay. It's just a sign that there's still work to be done or we're you know, going to another level, to a new level. We're now at this new place in our life. We're ready to take more risk and approach it in a more full, open and vulnerable way. So step number one to become yourself or to be more yourself is to get to know yourself. And that might sound simple, but for you to be yourself, you have to be aware of who that is before you can actually do that, right? You have to learn a little bit more about you or remember some things about you. And you can look into, you know, astrology if that's your thing. You can take some personality tests, but that's still looking outside of yourself. And we're trying to turn our attention back inward here. So my suggestion is get still, get quiet, and ask yourself questions and journal those answers. So I would go with questions like, what's your temperament, right? Or like personality traits. So are you an introvert or an extrovert or somewhere in between? Are you a planner or are you extremely spontaneous? So what's your temperament? What's your personality like? How would you describe yourself? You could ask yourself, and you're welcome to take a pen and a paper right now and write those questions, or you'll find them in the show notes. What's your biorhythm? So are you a morning person? Are you a night owl? You know, what time of the day do you peak in terms of energy or creativity or productivity or your ability to focus? So that will tell you some things about who you are. I would ask questions like, what do you like? What are your hobbies? What do you do for fun? Like if you are spending a day by yourself, a day off, what would you go do? What would you enjoy? What are you passionate about? And if that feels too big and too hard, what makes you happy? What makes you smile, you know, on a smaller scale? And then you can maybe grow it up to something bigger. 
Um, after you looked at this, I would go into a slightly different direction and look at what helps you thrive. What kind of support, you know, feels helpful and supportive to you? That would be very interesting to look at. Um, something very, very important. What are your values? And if that feels a little hard, what's important for you? Or what do you spend a lot of time thinking about or working on? Um, so that would be things to consider. Then what are you good at? What are your talents? What are your skills? Do you have a special ability or where do your strength lies? Then I would ask the question, what's your purpose? And if that feels too hard, I know these kind of questions sometimes are like, I don't know what my purpose is. What would make you feel more purposeful or what gives your life meaning? So that might be a different way to go about it. I would also look into your goals. What are some goals you have? What are some things you've been wanting to do for a long time, but you haven't done? And why do you want those things in your life? What would they bring to you? What's the emotional state they would bring? What's the benefits they would bring? You know, why do you want those things? Then what are your around the clock activities? So what do you spend your day doing actually, independently of what your goals are? You know, what's your routine? Might be interesting. And Then the three next questions are similar in a way, but they give you very different information. So I would go with something like, when do you feel in control or what do you do when you want to feel in control or to feel in control? And so I would just replace control for the next two questions. When do you feel important or what do you do to feel important? And then when do you feel loved or connected And what would you do when you want to feel love or you're seeking for love and connection? So really taking the time to answer these questions fully, deeply, and honestly. And after you answer these questions, the goal is really to pinpoint when you feel the most like yourself and when you don't in your life. And I would take all this information and create like a this or that table, like a contrast table. On one side, it's all the situation where you feel the most like yourself. And on the other side, it's all the situation where you feel the least like yourself, but that you do in your life right now. So it's all about learning the context around it, um, the state you're in in these moments and the actions you are taking that either are supporting you and keeping you aligned with who you are or moving you in a different direction. I often say that knowing what you need is the first step into getting it. So getting clear on who you are is the first step in remembering it in an embodied way, right? Re-becoming it because it hasn't disappeared. It's just a little buried or a little forgotten. So that's the way that you start to re-experience it. Now, one of the challenges with these kind of questions is wishful thinking. So watch out for that. And Instead of answering what you wished you were or what you liked to be or what you hoped you were pushed by, really make an effort to be totally honest with yourself. Because when you think about it, that's really the first step in being honest with others about who you are. How can you be honest with someone else if you can't even be honest with yourself with who you truly are? Even if you don't like everything you write, don't censor yourself. Just go for it. <laughs> In the long run, you might face two other challenges, or I just want to plant two little other seeds for you to consider. One, we get distracted. 
We get distracted by the things we wish we were. We get distracted by society and the traits that it promotes as valuable. We get distracted by the influence of new partners or new friends. So don't let yourself get carried away. Come back regularly to check in with who you are and if you feel in alignment or if you're staying in alignment. That's one piece. But at the same time, don't be so rigid with that, right? So at the same time, remember that we are constantly evolving. So by staying aware, by staying present, by staying in touch with yourself, you give yourself permission to adapt your definitions of who you are as you grow. And in that way, you're protecting yourself from that definition to become limiting beliefs about who you are or limiting identities. That's a big subject that we can dig in, but just a little reminder for now. All right, so this is step number one, getting to know yourself again or reconnecting to that. Step number two to become yourself and be more yourself is to embrace who you are. If you know who you are and you're deeply ashamed of that, that's not going to help, right? So the first two things I would look into are negative talk and comparison. You got to stop talking negatively about yourself to others and to yourself. And I know that's not easy. It's easier said than done. But start by catching yourself. You're like, ooh, I just said that, right? Then when you catch yourself, stop. As soon as you catch it, you might be in the middle of a sentence. Just stop it. Stop what you're saying and reframe it. Shift the focus. You can ask yourself, is that really true? Is what I'm saying really true right now? That's the first step. Would you talk like this to a friend instead of yourself? You know, is there another perspective? Like, am I seeing this? Am I approaching the situation with an all or nothing attitude? Am I over generalizing? Am I dramatizing? So can I focus on something that I want instead of not want? Can I focus on something I can control instead of not control? on what I have instead of I'm lacking. So an example would be like, if you catch yourself saying something like, I can't believe you did this again. You always fall back in these old patterns. You're never going to change. And you're like, oh, I just said that. Okay, let's stop. Let's take a moment. How can I reframe this? Instead of saying that you, like, I can't believe you did this again, you could switch it to I'm curious why you did this again. Like, why are we repeating this, right? Instead of saying something to the extent that you'll never change or you always fall back into your old pattern. So always, you know, that it's always like this. Maybe saying to yourself something more along the lines of, it's been harder to stay on track recently. What's going on? You know, or things like you'll never change. Well, Change takes time, but I'm patient and I'm committed to do better. What can I do better next time? So when you think about it, the shift from, I can't believe you did this again. You always fall back in old patterns. You're never going to change to, I'm curious why I did this again. It's been harder to stay on track recently. What's going on? I know change takes time, but I also know I'm patient and committed to do better. How can I do better next time? Can you feel the difference in that self-talk? It's a lot more empowering and it's a lot more true than the first variation. So just watching the way you talk to yourself and about yourself. 
And as you do work on your self-talk, that's not a switch, right? It's not something that you're like, okay, good, I'm forever now. At, at this point, I'm going to talk positively about myself. But it's a process. So as you do that on one side, you have to stop comparing yourself to others because that's really a place where all you're doing is creating negative self-talk. Because when we compare each other or ourselves to someone else, we're either lesser than or we think we are better than, so they are lesser than us. So either way, it's not helpful. And there's really no point. So that might reflect in the way you consume social media. That might be found in your family unit or in your friend group. But just remember that You don't know what other people are experiencing. You don't know what they're actually doing in the shadows, how they really feel. Even your closest friends, you could be really surprised. You might have actually no idea what's really going down deep down for them. So stay in your lane, stay focused on yourself and what you want and what you can control. And as you get a hold of that negative self-talk and your tendencies to compare and you let go a little bit of that, you have to remember that there's only one of you in the world right? And that's what makes you special. So start sharing your unique story. Start to open about your personal experience. Let yourself be seen. Let yourself be vulnerable. And if it feels really scary, start small with things that are not, you know, too intense and start with people you trust. And over time, you'll expand that circle and you'll expand the subjects you're comfortable being open about. So with time, as you get feedback from loved ones about that share, it's going to start to feel more safe to show who you are, and you'll slowly feel more at ease with revealing yourself. You'll learn that it's okay to be different, and as your confidence in your uniqueness grows, you'll be able to start to let go of the worrying you probably have about what other things about you. In parallel of that, I would really encourage you to start practicing appreciation and gratitude for your body, for all the right choices you already make, and all the ways you are resilient and courageous and already showing up in your life. So letting go on one side and then welcoming in a little bit more appreciation and gratitude on the other side. Really finding what will help you let go of your need of external validation And one of the ways to do that is to give it to yourself. Give to yourself what you crave from others. So practicing forgiving yourself the mistake you've done in the past is also a way to do that. It's another example, right? Remembering that that also is a journey. And forgiveness is one of the most powerful emotions that we can cultivate. So you can practice this for yourself and then expand it to people around you. All of this together, it slowly leads you to more self-confidence. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. It's not a straight line, but the more you embrace yourself. So you might trip along the way, but don't quit. Give yourself time. Get to know yourself, step one. And as you get to know yourself, step two, start to embrace who you are more fully. Then our step three to become yourself again or to be more of yourself is to show up. Right Now you know who you are and you've embraced it, you've accepted it, you've loved it, then you need to show up. You need to show that to other people. So showing up is twofold. Every time you do something that aligns with who you are or who you want to be in the future, you're casting a vote for yourself to become that version of yourself. 
And every time you do something for yourself that you enjoy, that you need, you reinforce your connection with yourself. You solidify your personal relationship. So start to take actions to confirm who you are to yourself. Do a hobby you love. Set a personal goal and take steps to achieve that, a goal that is just for you and about you, right? Create a sense of actively being you and working on the things that you want more of in your life. Not what you think you should focus on, not what your partner thinks is important for you or your parents, but you. Do things that make you happy that make you smile. So go back to the questions of the step number one and that contrast table where you were feeling the most like yourself and the least like yourself and do more of the things that feel the most like yourself and less of the things that feel not in alignment with who you are. So that's a good way to start. And then really plan them, like put them in your calendar, be purposeful about them. And you can also go back to all the questions. So let's say you said you were an introvert, then plan some alone and quiet time for yourself every week. Let's say you said you were a morning person, but your partner is a night owl. Well, maybe you can create a night routine where the two of you have a moment to really connect and then you go to bed earlier than them because that's better for you. Let's say you said that you love to paint, but you never do it. Sign up for a class right? Let's say you thrive when you have accountability and one of your goal is to run a marathon. Well, ask a friend to join you on the workout challenge or to join you into this journey into the marathon. So use all of this information about yourself to start to make choices and take actions so you can experience that more, right? Keep going through the question and choose direct action that you can implement in your life. As of today, as of right now, even while you're listening, you probably have ideas. So you can even pull up your phone right now, take a note, write down like, oh, I need to start doing this. That would make me feel more like myself. And then doing these things just for yourself might be challenging in the beginning. If you're used to being a people pleaser, if you're used to putting everybody else before you, you might feel uncomfortable. Another important aspect of showing up is to take care of yourself first, to fill your cup first. Because if you take care of everybody else all the time, if that's hard for you, remember that taking care of yourself is simply realizing that you are also important, right? It's not just that you're constantly ignoring the needs of everybody else and you're being selfish, but the thing that makes you feel good, you need to cultivate those. And again, I don't want to get too deep into this because I could go down a rabbit hole here, but just think about the classic airplane image of the oxygen mask, right? And chances are, if you're listening to this episode, you like to take care of other people, but it has cost you in a way, right? So otherwise, you wouldn't probably struggle with being yourself. So just remembering that as you put yourself first, you will start to take more and more actions. You will start to show up more and more as yourself for yourself. And in that way, the more you show up for yourself, the more it's going to ripple into your relationship. They're going to feel more intimate. They're going to feel more honest, right? You're going to feel more seen. You're going to be willing to give in a different way. 
it's going to have an impact that is well beyond the selfishness you might feel if you take a little bit of time for yourself. Now, if you'd like a full episode on putting yourself first, because that's a subject I can also really talk about, or anything else that I've talked about in this episode where we didn't go into a deep dive, let me know about it. If you want me to go further in any of these subjects about either knowing yourself or embracing yourself, just make a request and I'll be happy to create more content specifically for this. And if you feel like you need one-on-one support, like there's a lot of good ideas here, but doing it on your own feels overwhelming. Well, someone to talk to or to walk you through every step might be very helpful. And I'd be happy to help you further in that way. So I'll put a link in the show notes if you would like to schedule a call to talk about these things. Oof, you made it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope this episode was helpful and you have some good ideas to be more yourself or start this journey of self-love in a way, right? Knowing who you are, embracing it and showing up as yourself in the world. Thank you so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review anywhere you listen. Come connect with us on Instagram at on and off your mat podcast and visit with ribbon.com slash you slash Erica Belanger to become a premium member and get your hands on all our exclusive content, including our class library. Check out the show notes on my website to find more infos about me, the questions in the beginning, or my top five biggest takeaways from this episode. You can also go to my website to tell me what you struggle with, what you want more in your life, and I'll be happy to create content just for you. Or you can also go there to join the retreat or help me with the GoFundMe campaign. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. Once again, guys, thank you for listening. Until next time.